0: This is Candace Pringle, lead pastor of FE Church, and this is our podcast. Alright, you guys might have noticed this morning that Candace and Aaron are not here. Maybe you missed our drummer Tommy. Alright, I, I just they're sick, okay? Like they were feeling fine yesterday, but they woke up and they're feeling horrible as long as well as our tech guy, Chris. And I just want to, before we get into the message, I just want to pray over them real quick, because they are down in the dumps, and especially with Candace being pregnant, like <laughs> pregnant and sick, man, she must really be hating her life right now, I bet. So God, I pray over Candace, Aaron, Tommy, and Chris, and anyone else, God, in this congregation, in this body of Christ who is under the weather. I know a lot of people have COVID right now, Jesus, and we pray and speak your healing power over them, God. We know that the healing can be released because of your stripes on that cross, God, and I pray that we will see them back, here soon, healthy. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. But while they're out, in the meantime, we do have a guest speaker with us today, okay? Joining us today is Pastor Sam Masteller. He is from Freedom Life Church. Him and his wife, Michelle, they are the lead pastors there. And Sam has been a good friend, and he's also Candace and Aaron's mentor. He's been mentoring Candace and Aaron for the past few years. And he's also connected them with Wave Church down in Virginia, which is a church body that we are a part of. And so we are excited to have him here today. Sam, would you come on up here and bring us the word. Give him a hand.
1: Hey, what's up, y'all? Come on, stand up on your feet real quick. i going to get into the message in just a moment. Turn to your neighbor and tell him it's about to get smacking mama good. Come on, just tell her that right now it's about to get slap your mama good <laughs> 20 years ago i got a phone call from uh Jerry Stolzfus. i was a new pastor at freedom life and uh i didn't know him i knew about him and he said hey you don't know me but i'm your new best friend i got saved at that church had my babies at that church met my wife at that church all those things and so for the last 20 years i don't i don't know each of you but i know all about your church And, uh, they, your church sewed into us as young pastors. And, uh, Jerry and Julie befriended us. And we came up here many times with our kids to the area, uh, rode the horses before there was a riding arena and all, and all those things. And it's such an incredible blessing. And I'm forever thankful of that investment. And what a joy and a privilege it is to be friends with your great pastors. Uh, Candace and Aaron are wonderful, aren't they? Come on, don't you appreciate them? Show them some honor. And so, uh, I love this church, uh, love you. I don't know you, but I love what you're a part of. I love, uh, your pastors. And I'm so thankful, uh, for your church's investment into my life, into my family and my children, uh, who used to call it Spaghettisburg. That's how they, they were little growing up. And we have wonderful, wonderful memories. In a moment, I'm going to preach you happy and encourage you to build some faith in you. And I want to give uh, an attempt at humor, uh, as well. Uh, is that okay? Okay. I normally do this. My pastor growing up did this, and so I've continued uh, the bad uh, the bad jokes and the dad jokes uh, from uh, then on out, and so I'm to jump in. I'm going to do that in just a moment, but I want to go ahead and pray. Come on, join, join with me. Father, I pray over these next few moments as we open our hearts and we open your word, Lord, I pray that you would speak to us, that you change us, that we'd never be the same again in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, Come on, aren't you thankful for Jesus today? Come on, can we give him praise? Come on, like you mean it today. Come on, thankful for his goodness, for his mercy, for his grace. So awesome to celebrate the baptisms. How many wanted just to jump in just to be a part? That would have been awkward, wouldn't it? So I going to open up real quick before you're seated, tempted at humor, and then you can sit down and uh, pray that it'll get better. Uh, this joke, it's, it's an oldie. I don't know that it's a goodie, but recently at a couple in our church, I was getting ready to do their wedding. They said, listen, when you do our wedding, would you open up with an attempt at humor? I said, my jokes are terrible. They're not meant to be funny. They just make them, make people feel better about themselves. And, and I said, I'd rather not. And they're like, we really, really want you to. And I said, I really, really don't want to. And, uh, but I acquiesced. I said, hey, I'll be happy to do that. I didn't tell them what, what joke I was choosing. But when the uh, ceremony got going, this is the joke that I chose. So here we go. A man asked his father one day about how he and his mom had created such a great marriage, just having celebrated 25 years. He explained to them they had a long, happy courtship, and they were very compatible. He continued on that on their honeymoon, they decided to ride horseback through the beautiful mountain passes of Europe. As the horses were crossing a small stream, her horse misstepped and jostled his wife. Once across the stream, she dismounted, walked over to the horse, stared into its eyes, and said, That's one. She got back on her horse, and they continued to ride. A bit further down the path, her horse stumbled when stepping over a fallen tree. She got down again, stared at the horse in the eyes, and said, that's two. She returned to her saddle, and they moved on. As the afternoon sun began to set, the woman's horse once again lost its footing on a mossy slope. She dismounted once again, moved in front of the horse, but this time removed a pistol from her vest and said, that's three. And she shot the horse dead right there. He said, I was quite upset at seeing this beautiful horse killed. I looked at her and I said, honey, what are you doing? That's terrible. Why would you do such a thing? And she looked at me firmly and said, that's one. (laughs) And we've never had another fighter argument for 25 years. Come on, somebody. (laughs) That's terrible. It's not even funny. That's sick. Why would you clap at that now? (laughs) Hey, grab a seat, turn to your neighbor and just tell him, you look so much better than last week. Come on, you're getting better with age. You look good. (laughs) So, again, my name's Sam. Uh, I've been married for 25 years. That was not my wife. That was just a joke. Um, I have five kids because we really, really like one another, and the Lord has blessed us, and so thankful for that, and so good to be. It's such an honor to be here and uh, to be with you. I hope that you enjoyed Pastor Jason Ball. Jay Ball, who's our campus pastor at our main location, was here a couple weeks ago. And did you enjoy him? Did he do a good job? Okay. I'll tell him that you guys started booing and throwing things at me. It was really awkward. Um, but today I want to talk to you around this idea. You're doing a series, God With Us. And, and I want to uh, jump in to Luke chapter 1. And I want to share the biblical story. But I'm also going to share some faith stories from my life that will hopefully encourage you and uh, really uh, bring and crystallize the scripture. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 1 verse 23, "Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. After God first gave the promise of the Savior, he began revealing specific truth about the king, who was to come through human vessels. The prophets began to speak. More than 680 years before the birth of Jesus, God told the prophet Isaiah that the Savior would have a virgin mother and uh, and would be God himself in the flesh. The accuracy of this one claim alone is miraculous, especially given how many years the world would wait for the fruition of this promise. But that prophecy is only one of 108 prophecies that were fulfilled through the birth and the life of Jesus. It's an amazing story, and it's so important in this time not to to remember it's not just the story, but it's the fact of history that changed the world. In Luke chapter 1, let me read to you. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph. Everybody say Joseph? A descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed. Have you ever been confused and disturbed before? <laughs> how about your neighbor beside you that yeah you're like i'm pretty sure they we, we've all been those moments where we've heard things where we're like okay i i don't know what you're talking about i don't know what's going on here but he said hey you are favored there's an angel he said do not be afraid mary the angel told her for you have found favor with god you'll conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him jesus He'll be very great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. and He will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And then Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he'll be called the son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son, and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Say it with me. For the word of God will never fail. Come on, loud enough to annoy your neighbor. For the word of God will never fail. You nailed it. That was good. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything that you've said about me, come true. And then the angel left. So what can we learn from the life of Mary? There's lots of things, but there's some thoughts I want to give to you from this story that I think will encourage you, hopefully inspire you, and get you to believe again and trust in the promises of God. But here's the first thought that I wrote down as I was praying and studying and thinking about what I wanted to share with you today. And here's the thought I want to give you. God has a plan for the world and for you. Did you know that? I love it. He said, don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You're going to give birth to Messiah. Now, you need to understand that uh, they, the Jewish people knew the prophecies. They were wondering and they were waiting. When was the Messiah going to come and ultimately establish the, the kingdom on earth? And so Jewish girls were would grow up wondering, maybe I'll be that one that God will call. We don't know. And then all of a sudden, God comes to Mary. Now, the promise wasn't just for Mary. It was for the entire world. For God so loved the world, he sent his one and only son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. See, God's plan is for the whole world, but also for you. God's plan was for Mary. You Do know, uh, you know the scripture in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. There are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a hope, to give you a future. God's plan was always to send Jesus, to save his people from their sins. The Bible says in the book of Galatians chapter 4, but when the right time came, God sent his son who was born of a woman who and lived under the law. God did this so he could buy freedom for those who were under the law so that we, you and I, could become his children. This is how God loved the world, that he gave his one and only son. I want you to know today, as we head into this Christmas season, I love Christmas. I love everything about Christmas. How many of you have your Christmas tree up? Come on, just wave at me. How many of you have more than one Christmas tree in your house? Come on, wave at me. How many you have more than two? More than two? Anyone? More than three? More than three. Anybody have more than four? More than four. That's How many do you have? You have five. That's amazing. That's awesome. We have four in our house. We love Christmas. All about it is fantastic. And I love this season because it's a reminder of the greatest gift that has ever graced humanity. And that's the gift of God's son who came to live and to die to save you and I from our sins. When God showed up and said, Mary, guess what? It's going to be awesome. I know you're tripping out right now. You don't know how it's going to work out. She was probably a, a, a young lady, uh, probably less than 20 years old. She would have been overwhelmed, but she needed to know in the midst of her life that God had a plan for her and the whole world. And you need to know today and you need to know and you need to rem- remember that, Christmas reminds us that God has a plan for the whole world and he has a plan for you. Here's the second thought. Simply this, you don't have to try to figure it all out. Have you ever laid awake at night? God, what do you want me to do with my life? What am I supposed to do next? What am I supposed to do tomorrow? I don't know how to make this decision or that decision. I I love this verse 34, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. Now, we all know, uh, although culture is confused, uh, not everyone, but there's people that are confused, we know that it takes a biological boy and a biological girl, woman, to create a child. Come on, somebody. Are you awake today? Like, that's a, a reality. It's a biological fact for all of humanity until the last 20 seconds, and uh, we're not going to give into to the cultural Kool-Aid. Come on. Mary said... How, how can this happen? I, I'm a virgin. I know I'm a girl. I can have a baby, but I haven't went, been with a boy. I'm a virgin. Now, she was trying to figure it out in the natural. Now, she would have time after that to remember all of the prophecies that were uh, in the past, uh, what, what the prophet Isaiah said, Hundreds of years before, they would have talked about it. They would have known this in Jewish culture. She began to realize, you know what? All these words that the prophet spoke are now coming to pass in my life. But she had to do something that was really important. And it's something that you and I are going to have to do if you're going to live out God's plan and purpose for your life, which is to impact the world, just like Mary. It's different. God's not going to show up to you and say, guess what? You're pregnant. Not going to happen. God's, not, God's plan for you is different than Mary, but God has a plan and a purpose for you. And where we, what happens in our lives is God will give a dream or we'll feel a call from Him, but we start trying to do the math on the miracle. And can I encourage you? You'll never be able to do the math on the miracle. It's just like giving. Tithing and sowing. I was talking to someone just the other night and they're, they're saying, listen, we can't believe how much God has blessed us. Last year, they said, last year we gave more money than my daddy made growing up in an entire year. And they said, I, I don't understand it, but I wish that people would get that revelation. You can't outgive God. And I love that because it's so true. You'll never be able to outgive God. When you get the revelation of heaven, you'll know that God is great, that he is good, that he's a healer, that he's a restorer, that he can do exceedingly, abundantly, more than you can ask, think, or imagine. And God will place dreams on the inside of you to impact the world around you. And when you try to figure it all out of how you can make it happen, you're missing it because it requires God's power. It requires God's presence to fulfill God's plan through your life. She was trying. I don't understand how that can happen. I'm going to encourage you. In Proverbs chapter three, it says, trust in the Lord. Everybody say trust, trust. in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all that you do, and he will show you which path to take. A number of years ago, we were getting ready to launch our first location. We're a multi-site church and and churches in different communities. And we love church plants and all those things. And that was part of my connection with here. And I know your church over the years has been a massive part of sowing into the kingdom uh, in this community and all over the world. And I had that same heart. And and so we were getting ready to launch our first location in Coatesville. And I remember I uh, was trying to figure out uh, how we were going to do it. And we couldn't find a building because in rural communities, it can be a little difficult to find somewhere to meet at a place that could fit a few hundred people with kids and, and each of those things. And so we went to the local school and we said, hey, we're interested in meeting here. It was a brand new school. It's like twenty five million dollars. Man, this would be awesome if we could rent this on Sunday mornings. And they very kindly said, no, thank you. Uh, you can't have an application. We're not interested in you being here. And they weren't very nice about it. And so, uh, my campus pastor of the, of the church, we we're getting ready to launch our location. He said, what should we do? And I said, well, we're going to stand and believe because I feel like the Holy Spirit wants us to meet here. And so we began to pray and we showed up on school property, uh, and began to pray and asked God, God, I feel like you want to do that. I can't, I don't know how to figure it out. Well, it's just a few weeks later, our campus pastor, his name is Josh was at a banquet, and he happened to be sitting beside a school board member, and he was talking to the school board member who was familiar with our church. He explained the situation. One week later, we had a signed agreement for us to be and meet at that building. Now, that's a great part of the story, but it gets better. I'm preaching, and my goal when I'm done preaching for people is to make you want to charge hell with a squirt gun that you're so fired up, you want to depopulate hell, populate heaven and live out the plan and purpose of God for your life. And so I'm ending the service and I'm, I'm praying over everybody. And I see this nice older lady about two thirds of the way back right around this section. And I see tears coming down her eyes. Now, I normally don't look at people when I'm preaching because I have ADD and I get really distracted. Can anybody else? Yeah. And so I I don't try not to look at people's eyes with that. And but I just I locked eyes with her in that moment. And I saw that and I was like, man, I wonder what that's all about. I wonder what God's doing there. Well, she came up to me shortly after the service. And she said, can I talk with you? I said, I'd love to. And she said, I just need to tell you a story. She said, when I was a little girl, I grew up on a farm in Coatesville. My daddy took a risk. He didn't have the money, but he felt called. He took a risk and he bought this farm. And I used to go around, uh, me and my siblings, and we would help my dad. Not a great relationship with my daddy. And, and he had a dream. He had a dream that one day on some of those acres, there would be a church. And uh, my dad, he, he said, my dad died 20 years ago. All my siblings, we came together. We had all this property, and, and we couldn't agree what to do, and we couldn't afford the taxes, so we decided to sell it. And we sold it uh, to the school. And the school put, a, 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 obviously, an elementary school on the property. And, and I thought to myself, that's not my dad's dream. That's not what he believed for, but, but I'm thankful that that got to be a part. And she said, for the last 20 years, I drive by that property, on my way to work, and I asked God to fulfill my daddy's dream. And I'd just been coming to your church for a short short period of time, but you showed a picture of where you guys are about to meet and what you're opening up. And I just need to let you know that that's the exact property and place uh, that my dad had a dream that a church would be. And that's a fulfillment of the prayers that I have prayed for the last 20 years. And we saw, come on, isn't that good? It's amazing. And up until COVID, we met there and so many people came to know Jesus. She was there the first Sunday. She was there at the baptism uh, Tears streaming down her face, declaring. And we talk about it still to this day. She's a part of our church. And and you say, you know what? You could never figure it out how God was going to do it. But when God gives a promise and God gives a dream, he can do exceedingly and abundantly more than you can ask, think, think, Or imagine, stop trying to do the math on the miracle and figure it all out. Your job is to believe. God's job is to achieve. And he is well able to fulfill his plan and his purpose in and through your life. Come on, you received that today? Love that story. Here's the next thought. You need to trust God in this Christmas season because God is with you. You need to trust God for the impossible. Because he is the God of the impossible. Verse 35, the angel replied, and the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, and the baby to be born will be holy, and he'll be called the Son of God. Christmas reminds us that God is a God of miracles. And Mark 536, Jesus overheard. There was some commotion. Someone had died and and Jairus was coming. He was believing God and Jesus kind of stepped into that moment and he said, don't be afraid, just believe. And that's a word in season for you today. No matter who you are, no matter what you're going through, no matter how much of the Bible that you know, how well you know God, God loves you. He has a plan for you. He has called you. You don't have to figure it all out. You just need to trust in him. Don't be afraid. Just believe. Because with God, all things, everybody say all things. All things things are possible. So I want to tell you, another story before we get to our last point. And it is a true story. It's a little bit of a crazy story, but it's going to set us up for where we're about to end and the prayers we're about to pray. Are you ready? Come on. Are you ready? All right, here we go. So it was um, a number of years ago, probably about 10 years ago. Uh, it was a beautiful day in Baltimore, Maryland. My wife and I were getting ready to set sail on a cruise headed for Bermuda. Just a few weeks before, we were surprised by our gracious staff with this generous gift in front of our church. They said, we're sending you guys on a cruise. And I began to think, like, okay, uh, there was just a big cruise ship accident not too long before, and they're sending us to Bermuda through the Bermuda Triangle. I wasn't sure if they are trying to bless us or get rid of us. Come on, somebody. <clears throat> And so uh, we don't tra- at this time in our lives, we didn't travel very often because we have five kids. and there's not a list of people that are waiting to hang out with your five young kids when you go somewhere for a week. And so no one really wants to do that, but I, I guilted. I mean I asked my mother-in-law uh, to if she would take some time off of work, fly into town for a few days so we could go. On this six night cruise, this exciting excursion. So we, we were ready. We were packed like, uh, uh, right away, uh, weeks in advance as the date was a little further out. And we, uh, we were, we were so excited, uh, to be able to go. So we arrived early so we could get ourselves acclimated on the cruise and take some pictures to send to the kids and relax. I was dreaming of all the food I was going to eat and all the things that I wasn't going to do. Come on. And uh, I was very, very excited. I, I I, never wanted to go on a cruise, but once somebody gave it to me, it made me want to go. How many of you would, go, you would go on a cruise if it was free too, right? And so uh, we had never been on one. We were pumped. We were preparing to board a cruise, which is very similar to preparing to board an airplane. You need your bags, your tickets, your identification. And if you're going to go out of the country, you need a passport or you need a birth certificate. Now, let me repeat to you. You need a passport or a birth certificate. Now, the line moved very quickly, and we soon found ourselves at the check-in counter in final preparation aboard our escape from reality. fine gentleman took our tickets and our bags, and he welcomed us to the cruise and asked me to step forward to speak to a representative of the cruise line. I was happy to do so, not comprehending what was about to occur. The kind lady looked at me and said, We really want you to go on the cruise today, sir. And it was at that time I realized that something must be wrong. I had my ticket. I'm not a terrorist. I was, a, I was not understanding what was happening. And she said, but to do so, you need a birth certificate and you need a passport. I told her there was no problem because I just handed this document, my birth certificate, to the guy at check-in. And I was certain that that would alleviate any issues. And she responded to me by saying, sir, what you have there is called a birth registration. It's not a birth certificate. Now, in my heart, I knew she was wrong because I'd been given this document uh, that she was referring to for my mother. My mom is like Mother Teresa. She would never lead me, me astray. I'd used it for identification purposes my entire life. And so I explained to her that it was the correct document. How many of you have ever done that before? You're like, I know I'm wrong, but I'm going to argue anyway. Come on, married people. You know what I'm talking about. So she then escorted my wife and I to another area with a dozen or so other people to help us come up with a solution to our problem. I now refer to that location as cruise ship purgatory. It's all the people that want to be on the cruise ship but they ain't going on. And so she escorted us over here and everybody there was well, let's just say they weren't singing kumbaya. They were angry, they were upset they were fighting they were cursing there was security it was not a pleasant scene uh, at that moment and <clears throat> excuse me i asked the lady what needed what we needed to do to be able to board the cruise i was desperate because i knew the cruise was non-refundable uh, and i also knew that to get someone to watch my five kids for a week was more difficult than an act of congress come on and at that moment i looked at my wife and i told her i said start praying and start believing because we are going on that cruise or we're going to sleep in our car in Baltimore, but we are not going home. Come on, somebody! <laughs> the Holy Spirit reminded me of this verse that popped into my spirit: Psalm eighty four eleven. For the Lord God is our son and our shield; He gives us grace and glory. The Lord will withhold no good thing from those who do what is right. My wife, she looks fearful. I felt fearful, but I felt like God gave me a word that favor was already released into my future, so I wasn't going to give up or quit because I didn't understand how it was going to work out. So I turned to the lady, and I began to listen to her instructions. She said that she would help in any way that she could to ensure that we would make it onto the cruise. I now know that meant that we could use her fax machine if we really needed to, but the rest was completely up to us. It was 1.45 p.m., we had until 3 p.m. to get a copy of my birth certificate. The absolute latest time, they said, really, we could go all the way up to 3.15, but literally the boat is being, is leaving uh, at that time and ever, you'll have no, no more chance. And they said, if you keep making progress, then we'll give you to that time. So I called my mom. I said, mom, I need you to prove that I'm your son. I was jovial, full of faith. After I explained the situation, my mom uh, assuredly went, checked all of her papers for my birth certificate. I thought to myself, she'll fax it over. We can board the cruise. I can tell the story next Sunday. Everything will be fine. A minor blip on the radar of life. She came back on the phone and said, you know, son, it's funny. I have both of your sister's birth certificates, but I only have uh, what I already gave to you. I turned to the lady assisting us, and I asked what I should do since apparently I was adopted or kidnapped as a child. She encouraged me to call Vital Statistics in my state, which happened to be the Florida of the North, also known as Pennsylvania. With my wife by my side and God's word in my heart, I went on my smartphone, found the number for Vital Statistics in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and made a call. A nice person on the other end of the line answered and said, how can I help you? I said, hi, my name's Sam. I pastor a great church in the middle of nowhere called Freedom Life. My staff gave me these tickets for an amazing cruise that I'm trying to board. I have five kids that are all taken care of this week. I need a vacation badly, and I'd really like to go on this cruise. All I need is a copy of my birth certificate. Can you help me? She replied, absolutely, I can help you. I breathed a sigh of relief. She continued, all you need to do is drive on over. We'll fast-track you through our process, and we'll get you on your way just as soon as we can. She explained that there were strict government regulations, forbidding her from faxing a birth certificate for security purposes, um... Uh, Unless someone from my immediate family or I could come in person, I would not be getting the birth certificate. Harrisburg was more than two hours away from Baltimore. My family was more than two hours away from that place. It was now 2 o'clock, and I needed a miracle. I needed some momentum. And I made a decision in that moment that I was going to pray and I was going to believe. Now, I want to encourage you in this story. God is God regardless of what happens in our lives, and he is well able. But he's so good, sometimes he makes a way where there is no way. We were uh, we were stuck, trapped in cruise ship purgatory, and I asked the lady, I said, uh, can I speak to your boss? She politely agreed, because that's what we do in America when we don't get our own way. Come on, isn't that true? Can I speak to your boss? Surely someone would bend the rules for me because I'm a child of God. Unfortunately, my baptism certificate wasn't an option. I needed my birth certificate, so I had to keep trying. The next person came on the line, and I said, Hi, my name's Sam. I pastor a great church in the middle of nowhere. I have five kids. It's like an act of Congress to get them. I really want to go on this cruise. Can you help me? And the man replied, I'd love to help you. All you need to do is drive on in here. We'll get you through as fast as we can. I said, Is there anyone else that I can talk to? He said, There's no one else that you can talk to here but I could give you another number. I said, okay, what number is that? I'll give you the number for vital statistics in Newcastle, Pennsylvania. I'm thinking we're getting further away from Baltimore. This doesn't seem to be helping. So I called up and I said, hi, my name's Sam. I pastor a great church in the middle of nowhere. I have five kids. I want to go on a cruise. I need my birth certificate. Can you help me? And they replied, absolutely. We would love to help you. All you need to do is drive on in here. We'll get you through as soon as we can. At this point, I'm ready to commit a felony. Come on, somebody. (laughs) I said, can I talk to your boss? I talked to approximately four different people at that location. Every single one. My name's Sam. I pastor a church in the middle of nowhere. Can you help me? They all said the same thing. At this point, I paused and decided to ask one more question before I gave up. It was nearing three o'clock. And I said, what would you do if you were in my position? I want you to think for a moment back to the biblical story. What would you do if you were in Mary's position? You didn't know how to figure it all out, but you knew that God spoke to you. Would you trust him? She did. She set an example that changed not just her world, but it changed the world well, here's what happened in my story. The lady responded. I said, what would you do if you're in my position? I have 15 minutes they'll give me uh, if I keep going, and I intend on using all 15 minutes, so what would you do? Now, at this point, you got to understand, the whole place was empty. Everybody that was on the cruise was was already on the cruise. Everybody in cruise ship purgatory had left, uh, dejected, it was just us and the workers who had all gathered around and were being entertained by this spectacle at this moment. The lady responded. She said, have you contacted your local representative? I said, I have no idea who that is. She said, do you want to talk to mine? I said, sure. Sure. And so it was at 3 o'clock, I placed one last phone call to a local representative. A sweet grandmotherly woman answered and said "And said her name. And I said, hi, my name's Sam. I pastor a great church in the middle of nowhere. I have five kids. I really want to go on this cruise. Can you help me? She said, I would love to help you. I said, really? But what can you do? Because I've spent uh, the last uh, hour and a half on the phone and nobody can help me. She said, well... I'm just right down the block from vital statistics. I would be happy to, to go down there and buy your birth certificate. And if you have a fax machine, I said, that's the one thing they're helping me with. I'll fax it to you and I'll do that for you. Do you want me to try try doing that? I said, I'd love for you to try doing that. She said, when you need it. I said, I need it in, in less than 15 minutes. She laughed. I laughed. And she's like, do you really want me to try? I said, I really want you to try. And so, uh, we were waiting and waiting and waiting. Everyone was around. And I said, I said to the lady, I said, listen, it's until 3.15 as God is my witness. And, and we're, we're gone. I said, it's until 3.15. And this lady's going to call back. She said she would do it and, and just waiting for that. At this point, I am not lying. It is 3.14 PM. I receive a phone call from this nice elderly lady. <laughs> <sighs> Sam, I got down here. I got your birth It went really fast because everyone here already knew you. Come on, somebody. <laughs> is that great? She's like, what do I need to do? I said, you got to fax it through. She faxed it through. It came through. And the person said, it's too dark. I said, have you seen how white I am? How is that possible? See, fast through again. And my wife and I walked onto that cruise and had an amazing week. My legs were on fire from the stress. And then I began to think, maybe God was trying to keep me off this cruise because it's going to be the next Titanic. Come on. Now, I share that story with you. One, because it's miraculous. I lived it. God put placed a promise in our heart. The Lord our God is a son and shield. He withholds no good thing from those who trust him. God, this is a good thing. I've messed up. I know I'm a dummy, but if you would come through on my behalf, I'll share it for your glory. I've shared that story all over and seen many people come to Jesus as a result of it. And I share it with you today to encourage you. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what you have gone through your life, I want to challenge you to do what Mary did as we close and say yes to the word of God. Verse 37, for the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Second Corinthians 1.20 says, no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ through him the amen is spoken by the glory of God. Mary's life teaches us a lot of things, but specifically just for today, that God has a plan for the world and for you. And you don't have to try to figure it all out. You just need to trust in the God of the impossible and say yes to his word. I'm so thankful that Mary said yes because the world was changed and my life was changed. Now remember the reason that the son of God, that Jesus appeared, was to destroy the devil's work. So we're going to pray today. And some of you here may not be followers of Jesus, but you know there's a God-sized hole in your heart. And today you're not here by accident or online by accident, but by divine appointment. God loves you. He's called you and he's chosen you. And it's time for you to come home to the grace of God to stop living your life of sin, stop trying to control everything and recognize that you're a sinner in need of a savior. You know, the Bible says in Romans 3 that no one is righteous, not one. In Romans three twenty three, it says for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God and the wages of those sin is death and the destiny of the sinful is hell. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And God demonstrated his love for us, that while we were still sinners, that Jesus came through a virgin named Mary, lived a sinless life, stretched out his arms 2,000 years ago, hung on a cross, and he died in your place and in mine. And the scripture tells us, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and your mouth that you profess. And you are saved. Everyone. Everybody say everyone. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The scripture says, if you confess your sin, meaning you agree with God that what he says is true. And that if it's sin and you're living according to your own uh, vices, perversion, and your own will. And you're willing to agree and say, God, I'm not going to live that way any no longer. I want to honor you. But I need your grace. I need forgiveness. And I need mercy. If you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you and purify you of all unrighteousness. I want you to stand with me as we close today, and I want to pray uh, with you, and then I'm going to pray for you. And I want to just declare over your life. Now, some of you maybe have never made that decision to place Jesus as Lord of your life. And today you say, as we're heading this Christmas season, you know what? I don't want to wait another day. You're not promised tomorrow. You only have today. Today is the day of salvation. I'm not asking you if you own a Bible or if you go to church every once in a while. I'm asking you if you stand before God today, which is entirely possible, uh, do you know 100% that you'll be welcomed into heaven? The only answer to that is Jesus. And if you don't have him today, you can place your faith in him. In just a moment, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to pray a prayer with me and to make Jesus the Lord of your life. I'm not asking you to understand everything, but to recognize what you know in your heart that you need more than what you have and that God is the answer and the antidote to the issues of life. And then I want to pray for each of you that you would have a revelation that God has a plan not just for the world but for you. And you don't have to figure it all out but like Mary you can trust the God of the impossible. And today we're going to say yes. Lord you withhold no good thing from those who trust you. You may not be believing to get on a cruise ship. You may be believing for a healing. You may be believing for a restoration in your marriage or a prodigal to come home, a raise at your job or peace in your family. I don't know what it is, but I know that the same God that calls a little old lady to pick up the phone and run down the street and pay for my birth certificate and send it so I can go on a cruise. is the same God that dispatches angels over your life and works all things together for your good because you're called according to his purpose. So I'm going to pray for for you. And you're about to go not just in Christmas season, but miracle season. Come on, somebody. So we're going to pray today in Jesus name. Would you bow your heads with me as we close? If you're here today and, and you don't know Jesus or you once followed him, but your heart's grown cold and you've walked away, you stopped following him and you need forgiveness and grace and mercy today online. You can let us know about that. We want to pray in just a moment. I want to ask everyone to pray with me, but if that's you today, would you, in just a moment, lift up your hand, just high enough and long enough for me to see it. I want to see uh, who's responding today, because I'd love to pray with you. Say, Sam, I need forgiveness. I need grace. I need mercy. I need to get right with God today. On the count of three, if that's you, would you just lift up your hand high enough and long enough for me to see it. One, two, three. If that's you, just lift it up. Wave it at me. I love it. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. God bless you. Come on. We're about to pray, and God's about to change everything in your life. Come on. Are you ready? Come on, Freedom Valley. Are you ready? Let's pray together with them. Everybody say, Jesus. Come on, out loud. Jesus, today I choose to follow you. Forgive me of my past. Forgive me of my sin wash me and make me new I believe that you died on a cross that you rose to new life and you're coming back again for me and until that day I will live for you right now by faith I'm a child of God forgiven and free In Jesus' name. Come on, if you just prayed that prayer in faith, whether you raised your hand or not, you just got born again. Your past is forgiven, your future is secure, and all of heaven is celebrating right now. Come on, let's join with heaven and let's celebrate God's mercy and his goodness. In just a moment, that's the first of many decisions, but in just a moment, you'll get some instructions about what to do next. But I want to pray for you today as we're in miracle season. If you're ready to say yes to God, no matter what it is, and you want to believe God for those things in your life, come on, just lift your hands to heaven all over this place. I want to prophesy and declare over you. Father, in the name of Jesus. I'm not an angel. I'm just a short, bald little man. But I come and I pray in your powerful name and in your word, I thank you that you're you're well able. So today I pray that faith would arise. You're our son and our shield. You withhold no good thing from those who trust you. So Lord, we pray and we declare that marriages would be restored, that prodigals would come home. I thank you for financial provision. I thank you for joy that would break depression. I thank you for freedom that would break addiction. I thank you for your presence and your grace. And like Mary today, we say, yes, your word doesn't fail. May everything that you've said come to pass in our lives in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our savior. And everybody said, yes. come on, everybody said. Hey, let's give God praise today and thank him for his goodness. Thank you, brother Sam. Amen. Wasn't that good? Hallelujah.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, please let us know by going to IMN. And remember to download our app for more content and helpful links.